0: Good evening, this is Quintus Curtius and welcome back again to the Fortress of the Mind podcast. And in this podcast, I'm going to be answering a question that I received a few days ago by email from a reader in Germany, young guy. I think he said he was about 23 years old. And his question concerns career advice and what he should do in the situation that he's in. So what I'm going to do first is read a little bit from his email And then we're going to talk a little bit about the ideas that this email generates. So just bear with me here as I read some selections from his email. He says, Hi, Quintus. I understand you probably get a lot of emails from readers and supporters, but this is very important to me. And how can I resist an entreaty like that? So let's continue here. This earnest young man's important issues that he has. This is what I like about young guys is they're so earnest, they're so passionate, and they're so convinced that their issue is the most important so what would this world do without the zeal of the young man anyway getting back on subject here let me continue with his email he says i do hope you have the t- you i do hope you find the time to answer my question especially since you've been studying law well i've not only been studying it i've been practicing it for 16 years so uh, i think i do know a little bit about it <laughs> so So he goes on to say, I'm currently at the brink of deciding which direction my life will take professionally and deciding which way to take really hits me hard emotionally. Again, I'm reading this guy's email verbatim here, so English is not his native language, but that's okay. He says, I have been studying liberal arts for quite some time now, but due to a half year long illness, being uncomfortably close to death and a lot of thinking, having been done, I'm not so sure if I should keep going. I'm still quite young, 23 years old, so a hard turn towards another direction is still possible. My question regards whether I should keep going with painting. I just got accepted into the most prestigious art college in his in his country, and he says, um, uh, I don't know if I should do that or if I should start studying law. And he goes on to say that he's Of above-average intelligence. He loves art, but he's a little bit concerned that studying art may present him with little career prospects. And he doesn't know much about law either, but he says that he might or thinks that he might have a better chance to do some sort of job with that, although he's concerned that he would be stuck and roped into a grind of doing nothing but going into an office space. Uh, every day of the week so he says here I have always admired your views on how the world works and how to think and act like a man which your advice has helped me a great deal so I guess my question is how the hell do I decide what way would would be the best for me to take I just can't seem to logically pick apart the pros and cons to make of the best decision here and what to do I would be very glad if you could offer me Any help you might be able to give. Best wishes. All right. So there is the situation. There is the situation. We've got a young guy here, and he's at the proverbial crossroads in his life. He's at the proverbial crossroads in life, and he doesn't know whether he should take the career path that is full of idealistic expectation, but perhaps limited financial compensation, or if he should take the route... Of security, stability, but yet drudgery and boredom Or at least that's how it seems to him So let's break down a few issues right off the bat with this First thing is, this this guy is 23 years old Okay, My first response to him would be Don't take things so seriously Don't take yourself so seriously You are not walking on the edge of a straight razor you're 23 years old. You've got plenty of time to make two or three fortunes to yourself, for yourself. You've got plenty of time to screw everything up and still rebound. Now, if you were 53, I would say it might be time to get things in gear a little bit. I'd say a lot more than that, but you get the idea. 23 years old, you're just starting out. You know, you've got, you you have the entire world, I know you've heard heard it many times before, you have... The entire road of life stretched out ahead of you. You don't need to get so worked up about this decision. And neither should you get worked up about it. You should be concerned, but you should not get too worked up about it. You know, the great artist uh, Vasily Kandinsky, you may have heard of him, a great modern artist, a Russian-born artist, considered one of the founders of modern abstract art. He actually began studying law. He started out as a law student. And you can read this in his biography. But he gave up the study of the law to do painting. And he felt that he had to pursue his passion. And he turned out to be one of the great painters of the 20th century. Now, he didn't make all of his income from painting. See, that's one of the things that the people who criticize liberal arts don't understand. You don't have to make your living just from doing the thing that you study. There's no rule that you say that says that you have to do that. Did you know Shakespeare never made very much money at all? Maybe not even a dime from the publication of his plays. He made his money from business investments. He, he bought shares of the Globe Theater. He was a very, very astute businessman who bought, uh, bought into shares of the theaters in which he worked and, and was able to turn a very nice profit from bringing in the crowds. He also happened to be a genius in his spare time, but that's beside the point. Kandinsky also, he taught in Germany. He taught uh, during the Bauhaus years of the 20s. I don't remember exactly what uh, institutes he taught at, but you can look it up very easily. He's very famous. And he painted in his spare time. Very, very few creative people can make a living completely doing their creative enterprises. It's possible, but... You really don't need to put it as an all-or-nothing proposition. You're at the stage of your life where, frankly, it doesn't really matter which path you take. If you choose to go to art school, you may find yourself brilliantly inspired. You may find the synapses of your brain surging with electrochemical potential. And you may find yourself taken off into new directions of creativity that may lead you to other career paths that you haven't even thought of yet, that you've never even thought of yet. You just don't know where the road will, will take you. Or you could decide to go to law school, and you may learn a very useful and very uh, uh, productive profession that you may use or maybe never use. And even, even if you never use it, you will still benefit from the education. Now, you've said to me in your email that you're a very bright guy, and I believe you. So, someone like you is always going to seek out ways to better himself, no matter what he does. So, my initial response to you is, don't take yourself so seriously. Don't see this as an all-or-nothing proposition. You have plenty of time to fall down, entangle yourself with your own ripcord, cut through it. Get up and keep marching. It doesn't really matter. It really doesn't. You know, there's an old saying that when you're in your twenties, I mean you could even do a a prison sentence and you could still recover from it. Hell you'd probably be probably you could use it as a as a, a creative tool. I mean I'm only part joking, but you get the idea. You get the idea. And you know, I can tell you what I did. I can tell you what I did. I mean when I was your age, again, I never cared one bit about, quote-unquote, practicality. I did whatever the hell I wanted. I followed the path that I was passionate about. You know, I went to a, a, a technical school, a, a, a school that, ver, that focused very much on technical, uh, an institute of, of, of technological uh, advancement. But I chose, you know, I, I wanted to be a military officer. That was a priority for me. I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to be, Enter into the armed services. That was a goal I had always had from the time I was young. I just always liked I loved military things. And I did that for a number of years. I was on active duty for about four years. Then I got out. After I got out, I decided to get a law degree and, and to become an attorney. So there's no, there is no, it's just like the old, the old adage that I've said before: there is no royal road to geometry. We can adapt that and say, that there's no one road to success there is no one road there are many roads there are many roads now I know you're probably saying to yourself well gee I I wish you could give me something more specific I wish you could give me something more specific and what I've done first is I've given you a little bit of general guidance I've told you what I've done what I can also do is to say that the very question that you're asking is a subject that's dealt with in great detail, in great detail, in my new book that's coming out in a few days. Or the Kindle edition is coming out in a few days. The paperback is available right now, but it's my translation of Cicero's On Duties. And this book is is great because it covers almost every type of question that you might have regarding conduct. Or life decisions. And one of the subjects that Cicero covers is how to choose a career, what career path to take, how to choose a career, how to get into a career, how to get out of a career. You know, because that can be a big problem too. What happens if you find yourself in a career that you don't like, that you are not suited for? You know, is there a way to get out of it? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a little bit for my translation the relevant passages or some of the relevant passages because it's a it, Cicero treats this subject at great length and I don't want to read everything because that would just be too much but I would like to spend a few moments talking about it and the relevant passages Begin in Book 1, Chapter 31. Book 1, Chapter 31 of Cicero's On Duties. And I'm going to read from my translation. Let me first make sure that I have the right... First, I have the right... uh... Uh... Okay, I think I'm okay here. I'm in the right place. Luckily, my, uh, my topical organization system allows me to locate subjects very, very quickly here. I've got the Kindle edition here on my... Computer monitor in front of me, and uh, one of the things, and I really encourage you to buy this book. not Not just because I'm trying to. Uh, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm I'm very proud of it. It's it's what I spent a great deal of time putting together. But I really do believe that if you can expose yourself to the great wisdom that's in this book, I really think that you'll be a better man and a better person for it. So, let's talk about what what are Cicero's views of career choices. Well, he starts out by talking about the difference between the personal characteristics that come from nature, with a capital N, and our own individual characteristics. And we have to obey the call of both of these if we want to have a successful calling in life. We have to first be aware of the duties that nature, nature with a capital N, that the duties that nature imposes on us as a consequence of our being human beings on this earth, our duties to our fellow man and animals. And then we also have to be aware of our own personal, individual characteristics. And in this context, Cicero says in chapter Book 1, Chapter 31, he says, Indeed, everyone must hold tightly to their own particular characteristics, but not their vices, so that decorum, which we are we are discussing here, May be preserved. We must do things in such a way that the universal laws of nature are not violated, and, while preserving those laws, we should follow our own peculiar natures. And although others may be more important and successful, we should still measure our pursuits by the yardstick of our own natures. It is of no use to oppose what nature herself forbids, and to pursue what one is unable to achieve. From this principle, the decorum of which we spoke earlier emerges even more clearly. As the saying goes, Nothing is right with a reluctant Minerva if it is incompatible with nature and is opposed to it. And by that, quote, Minerva was the Roman goddess of wisdom, and by that quote Cicero means it doesn't do any good to try to go against your own personal characteristics and the the impositions of nature in general. So that's the first thing, the background. And Cicero later says, and again we're in we're in uh, chapter 31 book 1 chapter 31 subsection 114 and actually 113 he at the end he says after considering these things it will be right to judge them in this way every man ought to deal with the traits he has and not want to experience those that are more suitable to others what is most intimately a man's own is what is most suitable for him. So you, you, sir, and I'm addressing the guy who sent me the email, you have to ask yourself what what is most intimately your own? Do you feel most intimately connected with art, or do you feel most intimately connected with the, the talents of rhetoric and words and argument and declamation These are the questions you need to ask. And Cicero now goes on to say, and again, I'm quoting, Everyone, therefore, should get to know his own character and become a pointed critic of his own virtues and deficiencies. Otherwise, actors may be seen to have more good judgment than we do. Actors do not necessarily choose the best plays, but rather the ones that are most suitable for their skills. And this is a great analogy, very, very good analogy. Cicero talks about actors, stage actors. I'll repeat it. Actors do not necessarily choose the best plays, but rather the ones that are most suitable to their skills. Remember that. Again, On Duties, Book 1, Chapter 31, Section 114. Okay? And I'm going to continue. It says, Those who rely on their vocal power those actors who rely on their vocal power select the Epigoni and the Medus. And he's, these are names of plays, Epigoni and the Medus. doesn't matter who wrote them. Basically, those who rely on their vocal power select one type of play, and those who rely on movement and grace take other types of plays. And he names plays. I won't bore you with the technical names, the Melanippa and the Nestra. So he says, such an actor should have good judgment on stage. He says, uh, should such an actor, uh, should an actor have such good judgment on stage and a wise man not have it in real life? So again, in many ways, life is a stage and you should pick the career. You should pick the occupation that perhaps you're most suitable to perform at, perform with. And again, Cicero says at the end of chapter 31, he says, We will be most suitable for those things which we are best able to do. But if necessity forces us into something that is not suitable to our nature, all care, thoughtfulness, and diligence should be employed so that we can carry it out. If not with distinction, then at least with as little damage as possible. We do not need to struggle so hard to follow those ideal qualities that have not been given to us rather we should struggle to avoid vice. You know that's a great that's a great quote right there. Because many times in life it's simply better. You'll be better off to avoid bad things than tr- trying to cultivate qualities for which you are ill-suited. You know, that's one thing you learn as you get older. Very often the best choices are not the ideal, hypothetical, perfect best choice, but the one in which you can avoid the most vice. So, those are um, those are you know first principles that I think we should start with here. I'm going to read a few more passages from from On Duties here again. We're in Book One, uh, Chapter Thirty Two. I'm just going to scan my eyes down and read some relevant sentences that I think really pertain to the question that's being asked. And he says, um, How we wish to deal with these factors, however, is a matter of our own personal choice. So some men apply themselves to philosophy, others to the practice of civil law, and still others to the arts of eloquence. And with regard to the virtues, one man may prefer to cultivate one, And another man may prefer another. All these questions that we have explored in our search for what is proper should weigh on our minds and our thinking, he goes on to say. For we must first decide for ourselves what sort of man we are, what sort of man we wish to be, and what type of life we want. Of all questions, this one is the most difficult. In adolescence when the powers of deliberation are at their most feeble a person decides that his profession should be the thing he loves most at that time in this way he is entangled in a sort in this way he is entangled in a certain profession and a way of life before he is really able to judge what is best for him that's also important and then he goes on to say For the most part, however, saturated with the worldviews of our parents, we are instructed by their behavior and teachings. Others are carried along by the judgment of the multitude and opt for what the majority sees as most advantageous. A few, however, whether due to luck or to good character, follow the right path in life without having had any parental instruction." Finally, and this is the beginning, this is chapter 33, book one, chapter 33. He says, finally, there is the most rare type. These are men who either through superlative ability or incredible erudition and learning or both have the opportunity to select at will what path in life they wish to follow. The decision in this regard must hinge on each man's individual character. As was said above, we try to discover what may be appropriate for each man in accordance with his natural born traits. This principle must be applied continuously in one's entire life as something to be adhered to so that we can remain true to our natures for our entire lives and not waver in the performance of our responsibilities. And what a, what a brilliant and wondrous passage that is to read. Uh, very, very great advice here. And I will wrap up my quotes here with one final quote here from Cicero. Again, book one, chapter 33. He says, Therefore, he who has constructed his life's plan according to his own vice-free nature, as he ought to do, should hold firmly to this course unless perhaps he realizes that he has erred in selecting the path that he took. If this happens, and sometimes it does, a change in one's life course must be made. If external circumstances help this change, we will do it with more ease and convenience. If external circumstances do not help along such a change, then we must do it in a step-by-step, gradual manner, in the same way that, as wise men tell us, a friendship which no longer pleases us or serves any purpose should be dissolved slowly, rather than terminated suddenly. Changing one's course in life must be undertaken with careful deliberation, so that we may be seen to have done it with due diligence. And again, what a brilliant and profound series of passages I've just read. So what do we conclude from all that? I think what Cicero is saying is, when you're young, it's not easy to make this decision. And he recognizes this, and he admits this. Make the decision based on the best information you have at that time, and try to make it in accordance with the principles that we've outlined and in accordance with the quotations I've read just now. Try to stay true to your own nature and try to remain free of uh, ensnaring vices. But if, on the other hand, you find it at length that you've taken the wrong course, you can very, very easily adjust course. You just have to ease out of it gradually. Just like he says, if a friendship is no longer serving any useful purpose and you want to terminate it, it's better to ease out of it slowly than quickly. So that's my answer to you. I've given you about as full and as complete an answer, I think, as any man can give you that means anything, because I'm not going to make your decision for you. I'm not going to tell you, hey, do this or do the other thing. I'm going to try instead to give you principles and tools that can equip you with the ability to make this decision this decision on your own because ultimately I think you'll be happier if you make your own decision but yet you make it having had all of the available information at your disposal so I hope that helps this will conclude our podcast here at Fortress of the Mind and this podcast was brought to you courtesy of Fortress of the Mind Productions and I hope you'll join us again soon as we take on more and more great and uh, interesting subjects. I'm Quintus Curtius. Good night.